Thanks for listening to The Balance with Cal Ness on the Midwest Flyways channel. Be sure to leave us a review and check us out every week for new episodes. Okay, guys, welcome back to another episode of The Balance. I am your host, Cal Ness. Uh, This week, I wanted to take a chance to actually just sort of explain what I'm trying to do with The Balance. Um, It's interesting to me that with Midwest Flyways, we have so much reach and so many people engaged in what we're doing during the waterfowl season. Um, But as soon as the waterfowl season ends, you know, some of that really goes away. And, and it's not just that obviously our viewership goes down and whatever. And I get that because it's not hunting season and people aren't thinking about it. Um, but for a lot of us that do hunt, it is really a lifestyle. But with that lifestyle obviously comes so many other passions and things that we do. Um, and I do think that like, you know, maybe there's a misconception that all of us that are like very into waterfowl, like that is or has to be your life. Because obviously... It's a big part of your life, but there's so many other things that you could be interested in. Um, I'm not one of those guys. It's like, oh, all that, you know, like all I want to do is duck hunt. Um, I love duck hunting. It's a huge part of who I am. Um, I'm a diehard hunter, but uh, there are so many other things too that I'm passionate about in life. And so, you know, I want to have a chance to sit down with some of these guys that have been in waterfowl and show some of you guys that there's so much more kind of to their story and who they are. Um, and we had that last week with Logan, like just hearing about growing up on a chicken farm um, and, you know, all these other things that, that Logan likes to do and that he's into, but he's obviously a huge duck hunter, huge waterfowler, and that is a, a huge aspect of his life. Um, and that's what I want to do with the balance. Like I want to have a chance to actually, you know, share a little bit about like the lives of the people that, you know, our waterfowl hunters, um, and obviously relate it back to hunting because that's what all of us are passionate about. But there's a lot of other passions in life too. So I think that that's what I want to explore when I have a chance to have guests on and, you know, be able to share their story, share a little bit more into just their lives, their background, um, and hopefully have a ton of hunting stories uh, along the way and hear a lot of really cool things. Um, so that's, that's really like the goal with the balance. Uh, it's very interesting right now, truthfully to be sitting here talking and there's nobody in the room with me. That is definitely a very weird thing. Um, I've never really done this type of podcast or I don't know, video or anything. I've filmed myself for Midwest flyways, obviously, and there's nobody else here. So it's just me. Um, but even that is just different, I feel like, because you're sort of like looking at the camera, interacting with the camera. And right now, there's nobody for me to interact with. So hang with me, bear with me. It's going to take me a minute to get a little bit used to kind of how all of this is uh, actually going to play out and feel and look. Um, I will try to have guests on as much as I can. Uh, but I want to give you guys, you know, something that you can listen to that gets you pumped up about season and about hunting and whatever it is kind of year round. So but let's break right into it. This week in Minnesota, we open early goose um, and teal. And last year was our first year having a teal season. And it was kind of interesting. Um, I really enjoyed the idea that we could go out and shoot ducks. At the same time, obviously, it's not really an ideal time to duck hunt. Um, so I'm not mad about this, the fact that we get an early teal season, but it's a little bit 
it's a little bit weird. You know, I don't exactly know if it's something that I'm like super passionate about, like we need a teal season for the rest of my life. Uh, but early goose is really fun and early goose can be either really fun or really frustrating because it kind of sets your mood a little bit as you go into season. Um, I try not to, I honestly, I try to look at early goose season the same way I look at spring goose, you know, for like white geese. Um, it's fun. It's like a fun thing that you get to do, but don't necessarily relate it back to like, you know, how it was in terms of a part of your hunting season. Yeah. I think early goose is a great way to get your feet wet and feel like you're out there shooting geese, hanging out with your friends, but you know, it's not necessarily always going to be a banger. Now I'm sure there's guys out there that are like, dude, every year on early goose, we absolutely smoke them and crush them. And Hey, if that's you, I am super pumped for you. That is awesome. Uh, that's not the case for everybody, obviously. Um, I've definitely had great early goose season hunts, but I've also had a lot of, you know, time spent sitting in like a grass or an alfalfa field and the geese just don't do what you want them to do. Um, it's also a very interesting time here in Minnesota, especially because the weather is so up and down. Uh, you know, some days it's still 75 right now, um, 80 degrees. So pretty hot. I mean, you're hunting in a t-shirt, uh, and you know, you really don't even want to wear jeans, but you do. So early goose, uh, and teal opener last year, I hunted teal actually. Um, I didn't hunt the first weekend for geese. I hunted teal both days. Uh, the first day I was with Gavin, Riley, some of our friends that live pretty close to where we live. Um, and it was fun. I think we shot a few birds. Uh, second day we moved, thought we were in the spot they were trying to be in the first day and they just weren't there the way that we kind of wanted them to be. We had some, you know, definite disagreements about the blind placement and the sun and how that was kind of all working or not working against us, you know, um, I don't, it's kind of, you don't want to be staring straight into the sun. Uh, that's not very fun. You know, quartering the sun is probably like preferred, I guess, in my opinion. It's kind of the thing we tried to opt for, but it just seemed like the sun just kind of floats. <laughs> it seems like either way. So you just fucked anyway. Like you're just sitting directly in the fucking sun. So yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure I'll hunt this weekend. I don't really know where, uh, we'll figure that out. Um, you know, we've done like some very light pre-scouting, uh, some guys scout, scout a ton right now. I mean, for us in Minnesota, uh, I mean, guys are out scouting guys are looking for birds, but at the same time, we'll be ready when the corn gets pulled, you know, when the corn gets pulled, that's when everything gets really fun. So that that's kind of our, like our calendar marker, you know, you're looking at the calendar, like, Oh, when could corn come out? So I don't know. That's, that's just, it's just my opinion. Maybe a lot of guys get super psyched up for early goose. Uh, but you know, just not one of those guys. Um, I definitely haven't gone to my trailer. I haven't looked through any of my decoys. I know they're there. Um, you know, we'll, we'll be fine. I mean, we'll end up hunting something. If we find like a grass field or an alfalfa field, we'll be fine. We'll go get the decoys. They come out, you know, did we clean them? No. Do we know how many we might have with us? No. Do we know if there's five dozen in that dive bomb bag? Absolutely not. But we're going to have some decoys and we're going to have some fun. 
That is for sure the mentality. You guys know Joey. You know how Joey is. Uh, this guy will be late for sure to the first day of early goose, guaranteed. Um, he absolutely will forget almost all the things he thought he would bring. He will for sure have shells and a shotgun. That is a promise. Guaranteed, guy will have all of his licenses that he needs. He's going to have a gun. He's going to have shells. He'll have probably nothing else. If it's raining, he won't be prepared. If it's super hot, he'll have wore long sleeves. Uh, I mean, just whatever the situation is, other than the shotgun, the shells, the licenses, he's going to be a hurting unit, guaranteed. Which is totally fine. Something, something that I have like definitely learned throughout, you know, all, all the time I've spent, you know, in Midwest Flyways and just in any type of business, career, anything, is that the less you try to get somebody who's really bad at doing something to do it well the faster you'll get the person that's better at doing it, doing it, if that made sense. Joey, he's not the guy that you want to say, let's be there at 7 a.m. and he's there at 7 a.m. It's just not his, it's not his style, man. So don't ask him to be great at being on time. He's bad at being on time, dude. So I just tell Joey 6.30. <laughs> so I just say if I need him there by 7, maybe I tell Joey 6.30. Now, does he think he's got that a little bit figured out in terms of the psychology of it? Maybe, you know, maybe he thinks that he's got me figured out. And so in his head, he actually is on time. See, it's a whole rabbit hole. You can go down here. But anyway, um, yeah, we'll be ready for early goose. We'll be super pumped to be out there. You know, I don't even know if Joey's here this weekend, to be honest. I think that like people think we have like some crazy planning going on but i feel like half of this is just like hey do you want to do this hey yeah you want to do that and it's like two three days before it so i want to switch to a different topic here and that topic is kind of talking about uh the traditions a little bit of waterfall and we'll dive through that some i am definitely not an expert let me start by saying that so don't get some impression like i'm going to start talking about some crazy traditions in waterfall that i've you know researched a lot or learned about um I'm talking about this because I've lately I've gotten like really into just like the meaning behind different things and specifically in waterfall um, and where I'm getting with this, you'll see in a second, but like how those things translate in terms of telling a story um, and kind of the, like the things that we associate some of this heritage with. And so I've been going to these antique stores. It probably started like two or three years ago um, and just kind of like looking at the waterfall stuff. You know, old decoys, um, I mean, anything like sneak boats, decoy weights, uh, you know, waterfall art, anything like that. I got super, super interested in it. Um, and so I guess for the last couple of years now, I've really started to dive into like the vintage and the heritage of everything. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar, but, you know, there's a couple of different things that have also piqued my interest like through Instagram, whatever, obviously camo retro, you know, understanding more about like the vintage camo patterns. Uh, look, there's, it's not like this is, you know, some history that's like crazy, like vintage camo patterns. I get that. Um, but I guess to me, like those camo patterns, like they just, they do tell a story. Uh, and so I started kind of collecting some old decoys and it started just at like, I was at a flea market a couple of years ago and I bought this this duck uh, decoy, it's wood carved. It looks like pure shit. 
um, it's not like a nice decoy by any means. And I think it's more folk art than it is like was ever a working decoy. So let me just throw that out there. But I don't know why, for some reason, you know, I just thought this was really cool and all these different pieces of heritage. Now, you guys got to understand, I am definitely like a romantic, you know, Joey, Joey is like cut and dry. I think some of you have listened to our podcast together and, you know, maybe this makes really fast sense to you, but like I'm a storyteller in my head. So for me, the experience of the hunt, where we are, um, you know, the scenery, like all those pieces for me play like they play into something. Uh, it's the same thing like when I go to dinner with my wife for me. So if I go to dinner with my wife, you know, the ambiance, like where I am, the environment, you know, the music that's playing, uh, how the food is prepared and like served in front of me, like all that stuff plays into an experience for me. And I am definitely an experienced guy. Joey, he doesn't give a shit if we're in like a dirty diner, you know, somewhere and no one else is sitting in there. If they bring out the best plate of whatever it is that he ordered, that's where he wants to eat for sure. You know, I mean, sometimes maybe, you know, he's not trying to take people there, go there, but all in all, most of the time, that's definitely where Joey wants to eat. Now for me, that is great if I'm meeting Joey for lunch. But if I want to have an experience that's, I think, bigger than just a great plate of food, then all those things factor into it. So back to what I'm talking about is for me, all of this stuff tells a story, right? So I've bought these like old Ducks Unlimited magazines. They're like 1974 original Ducks Unlimited magazines. They don't have a sticker on the front. It's on the back. So I've been able to have, it's like a super, super nice version of these magazines. And like looking through all these old ads and everything, I think it's kind of crazy and it's cool to actually just like picture kind of what duck hunting looked like in like the 70s or the 80s. Um, I mean, even like thinking back to like when my grandpa was growing up duck hunting or something, um, you know, definitely no camo, like, you know, tan, tan clothing, uh, you know, standing in the reeds, like, it's just, it's pretty insane to think about, uh, I was thinking about this the other day too, but waterfowl, like, as just like a marketed industry in general, is so young, and it's so insane to me, like, if somebody walked up to me and they were like, my grandpa started herders, to me, I, I like, that wouldn't even phase me, I'd be like, that's for sure possible, like, your grandpa, okay, like, you, you, you like, do the math on that, you know, this isn't like some crazy long market product marketed, you know, industry. We're talking about like three generations of like major waterfowl innovation. So I don't know what comes next. I'm not sure like what's possible, but I definitely think that there's a ton of opportunity in waterfowl for it to come back, grow. Um, you know, for me, I don't know, like duck hunting is a storyteller's hunting in my opinion, which I'm sure you can make that out in any, in anything. But if you think about like deer opener for someone growing up in Minnesota, like most of the guys that like deer hunt, quote unquote, they're not like storyteller deer hunters, you know, like these are guys that, and I don't mean any offense by this. If you do this, like totally cool. I've absolutely participated in this activity for sure. But guys that deer hunt, a lot of them, it's like one or two weekends and it's like opening weekend. 
right? And they go up to the cabin and have like 37 cocktails and then get up whenever they get up the next day. You're there to party and then you're going to hunt. And so you go out and if you get a deer, great. And you have a bunch of meat, you got a venison and you know, that's it. Like, it's not like you're chasing some trophy buck. And so when I'm thinking about that though, waterfowl, like it's, you're shooting ducks, you know, this isn't like some animal that produces meat for you for the entire year. So you kind of have to be like super interested in hunting ducks to want to get up and go do that. You know, I mean, especially for guys that are like in a city somewhere or something like there's not like tons of public land all around you. So you're going to hunt some, you know, lake that's kind of on the outskirts of a city. It's not like you're guaranteed to go out and shoot a bunch of ducks. You might shoot one or two. So you really have to like it. You know, you really have to like waterfall hunting, I, th- I feel like, to be a, a waterfall hunter. And maybe that's just my perception because I'm here in Minnesota. Um, but no matter where you're from, I mean, you're getting up early. You're, you know, driving through a swamp or driving out on a lake in cold water, uh, wearing waders, standing in water, you know, getting wet. A lot of the time in the elements, like, this isn't, this isn't like waltzing to a deer stand you know, wearing some huge comfy suit and waiting on a deer. I mean, you gotta, this is, it's some work to, to waterfall hunt. Um, and I, obviously I know there's tons of other types of hunting and I'm not saying anything bad about the guys that deer hunt. I have no issue with that. And I know there's tons of guys that like plant food plots and manage and like, that's a whole different game that I don't know anything about. Uh, but to me, like all this stuff is, you're telling a story here. And so I have some Mason decoys now um, that I've started collecting. And I don't have a ton, um, but just kind of starting out in it. And every one of them is so cool. And, like, they're worn differently. Like, some of them have BBs in them. I don't know. Like, holding that piece of, like, heritage and history that somebody else, you know, with <laughs> three generations ago or whatever... Um, from the thirties or the forties, like that person had that decoy. I don't know. To me, that is just super cool. And I think the coolest part about that is we really started Midwest flyways, um, to try to help people learn how to hunt. And I think as it's gone on, we've definitely become super fixed on this idea that like we can somehow maybe blend or help blend like the old with the new. Because there's so much that's so cool about the old parts of our history and heritage, you know, waterfowling. And we're young enough also to still see like all the cool new stuff that's coming and not look down on it, you know, like kind of look at it like, wow, I guess that's the next wave. Uh, And that is so cool to me. And when we started Midwest Flyways, it like took, it definitely took a little bit. Um, it took some time to actually get a lot of these like guys that you see that have been hunting forever that you see in these videos, um, to really feel like, I think to feel like they trusted what we were doing or even like respected the fact that we were doing it. Uh, and there's definitely, you know, stuff that like starting out when you don't have a big audience or, or you don't have a lot of people that are like listening to what you're saying or, or anything like that, it can be a little daunting you know, to kind of feel that. And I think that is one of the reasons, like, we always talk to people about, like, why do they, 
like why why do they see you know social media as a negative or um you know what's their gripe with the young water followers or whatever it's just like coming from a place of trying to understand you know both sides because we feel like we kind of see both sides um you know hearing the stories from like joey's dad and joey obviously growing up in like that environment with some great waterfall hunters uh you know that is just so cool like what what was waterfall then uh, was really cool then too. And, and it's still cool right now. And there's a lot of value in like what those guys know and what they see. Um, because they do, they do have a lot of years, you know, doing this. Uh, and they've seen like birds change, you know, everything, flight line, habitat, behavior, uh, feeding patterns. Um, I mean, everything like they've seen all that. Um, and so, it's not like, you know, you're the first one to see, you know, this or that come out, um, or change in like a bird and, and being able to like learn from those guys while still being able to look at the young guys and say like, wow, like look at the limits that they could push this to, um, you know, because this is like a third generation, you know, it's like three generations deep. I feel like in my head, I mean, maybe, maybe you could argue, you know, I'm in, I'm incorrect on this, but I just feel like there's so much innovation yet to come in waterfall and understanding like resources, you know, even since like we started Midwest flyways resources have absolutely been, uh, bonkers. You know, now there's way more people teaching you how to call, um, teaching you how to scout, uh, you know, giving away tips and tricks about waterfall hunting. Like that's like everywhere now. And you know, even when we started doing a lot of Midwest flyways videos, it was not a ton of information, that was like out there. I don't feel like, you know, I remember like one of the reasons we even started filming the calling tutorials. It's not because there weren't, you know, some good ones, but you know, Joey was like, I just, I don't feel like there's a lot of guys that are really like, you know, teaching this super, super well. I don't know. Like maybe we could just make some videos and it's not like he was saying that there's not great waterfall, you know, calling teachers out there. It was just, you know, this isn't going to hurt anybody. Like let's, let's just try and make something and see if it helps anyone. We had a podcast with Scott Trinan, you know, which you guys will hear uh, very soon. But Scott mentions in it, like, all the stuff that these young guys are doing, like, all those old guys did the same things. It was just different. You know, everybody obviously has to, like, step in line and try and get their place in something that they feel passionate about. Um, and if it's if it's something you want to be a part of, you know, something that you are really passionate about. And so... It's not like some new idea. It's just the ideas are different, you know, like obviously the world has changed and technology has changed everything. And so, you know, social media videos, uh, TikTok, short, you know, short form vertical content, like all that stuff that's evolving constantly. You know, when we started Midwest Flyways, there was no TikTok. There was no short form vertical video like that. I mean, Vine was like a thing for a minute. <laughs> um, and so it's changing like so quick and that's, that's cool. Like, that's really insane. Um, but I can see from a perspective of some of these older guys that are like, man, can't keep up with this shit and none of it's authentic and it's all for views and this or that. Um, and a lot of people are just truthfully, like really artistically inspired to be creative from a content perspective. Um, like seeing what Connor does behind a camera, that's crazy. You know, you can't, there's, there's not like a bunch of people out there that can just do that. It takes a lot of, you know, practice and time and understanding. And like Connor is a hunter. So like, you know, he knows what people are trying to see. And there's so many pieces that go to that. 
Um, and I think that's what makes like outdoor media so cool. Um, and it's definitely different from, you know, guys that like film commercials, um, you know, commercials in the outdoor space maybe, but, uh, you know, guys that film like commercials for cars or whatever. I mean, you're, you're a great videographer, you know, you're a production house, whatever it is. Uh, but like the videos that we, you know, see in like outdoor stuff, like the Yeti Presents stuff, um, you know, even like Slade Northwest makes incredible videos too. Um, but like, that's, that's just like, you have to feel that, uh, you have to be able to like attach it to that activity so much, I think. All right, guys, it's time for our last segment. Cue the music. Let's go. Top three worst ducks. Now, I know, look, hey, I I shoot all these ducks. I just want to, like, disclaimer, I shoot all these ducks. But you know what? I just want to talk about a few ducks that, in my opinion, when I shoot them, I just don't really, it's not like, wow, I can't believe this beautiful bird I shot. Um, and you know what? Actually, I don't even know how to say this. Like, it's not that they're not beautiful birds. They're like beautiful birds, but... You know, I'm just like, it's whatever. Like, I shot this and I'm like, uh, okay. All right, so number one, let's go. You know what? Let's go on, Let's go backwards. Let's go. All right, so let's go number three, worst duck. All right, number three, worst duck is a green-winged teal. Now, look, green-winged teal are cool, but there's a lot of them early season. You know, when, when season really just, like, first opens up. And it seems like they just, like, linger. Like, longer and longer every year. I'm not saying I don't like shooting teal. It's one of my favorite ducks to eat. But when I shoot a teal, I'm not like, holy shit, another beautiful teal. It's just like, yeah, we shot a green-winged teal. Okay. <laughs> now, don't don't player hate me. All right? Don't don't come at me. Right? This is, this is, just, this is just my opinion. It doesn't mean a green-winged teal is not a cool bird. Number two, worst duck. Now, I don't even know if you can call number two a duck necessarily, but a female merganser. A female merganser is, <laughs> it's a duck that you shoot and you say, is that a merganser that we shot? All right. I'm a guy that every once in a while, you know, has been known to shoot a merganser. And that happens. Okay, that happens to us, especially in Minnesota, you know, you're hunting these lakes, and sometimes you shoot a merganser, okay, but when, when you shoot a merganser, I've never heard anyone, unless they're really trying to shoot, like, a hooded Drake merganser, never heard anyone be like, oh, yeah, shot another beautiful hen merganser, you just, you just don't hear it. So that's why, hey, look, I'm never that pumped about it. Number two worst duck, Hen Merganser. Okay, number one worst duck. This opinion is about to get some people riled up and, and ruffle some feathers, per se. Now, again, this, this isn't like I'm right and you're wrong. This is just strictly my opinion. So don't, get, don't take it personal. But I'm telling you right now, shooting a spoonbill is so boring dude they're just i don't think they're that cool man i don't know i don't know if i don't get it I, like the mojo thing with the spoonbill hey if you're into that man that's great and i got a lot of friends that are i don't get it though i just don't like this is a trash duck right I, maybe it's not maybe it's not for you maybe this 
Drake Spoonbill, this Drake Spoonie is not a trash duck for you. But it's trash duck, right? I just, I don't get it. Like, the Spoonbill movement, the craze, like the mojo thing, the t-shirts, you know? Like, I, it's just, it's, I don't know, man. I don't get it. Number one worst duck. Number one worst duck, and I think it's because... I think that people that keep hyping them up are actually making it worse for me. I really do. Because, you know, the movement, the movement I just didn't understand. And now I'm just like, it's an, it's a Drake spoon though. I don't know, man. Maybe it's just me. A lot of people probably think I'm crazy for that. But hey, this is, this is a podcast where I'm sharing my opinion. So guess what, man? Number one worst duck, Drake spoon bill. <coughs> Number one worst duck, Spoonbill, Spoonie, Shoveler, Hollywood, terrible, all terrible, all terrible, man, I don't know what else to say. All right, guys, thank you for listening to The Balance with Cal Ness, I appreciate you all for being here, I will definitely continue to get better at these, streamline everything, make sure that uh, all the topics that I have are great, Um, I'm definitely thinking through a lot of sweet ideas, I've got a lot of cool guests that I'm happy to have on and hear about their stories and try to understand a little bit more about what makes up the balance of their life. Um, So thank you guys so much for listening. Please leave us a review on the Midwest Flyways channel here on either Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you are. Make sure to get some merch at midwestflyways.com slash shop. We'll see you guys soon.